1: The closer she got to the actual birth, the fewer the breathers, you know, the more frequent the pain, the more intense the pain, and that's kind of where we are on Earth right now. What we're going to see is, yeah, we'll have some breathers, but the pains are going to come with more force, greater intensity, and more frequently.
0: The pains of childbirth offer a fitting illustration for what our world is going through right now. As Pastor Robert and Elizabeth will remind us in today's message, as devastating as this pandemic is, it fits perfectly in line with what Scripture forecasts for the end times. While the pains will fluctuate, we can expect it to get worse as we wait for Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth in the book of Matthew chapter 11 as they continue their message, communion together,
1: Jesus talked about separating the sheep from the goats. A lot of the goats are going to say, I'm out of here. They're going to be offended by this whole whole deal. The, The ones who call themselves Christians but don't actually believe the Bible, they're going to be offended. They'll betray one another. They'll hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the peoples, all the nations, and then the end will come. And remember, God uses an angel to finish that job. So we don't have to be here to do that. We could already be well well gone. Um, but when it says in verse eight that these are the beginning of sorrows, that, that word is, I guess the way you pronounce it is, is Odin, probably. But, but it's... Uh, Strong's says uh, a pang or a throw, especially of childbirth, like labor pains, travails. You know, thinking about that, I've watched Elizabeth give birth twice and uh, both babies weighed over 10 pounds. I'll never forget when, when David's head appeared, seriously, the doctor did this no joke, I'm not not lying. The doctor went and he looked at me and looked back, you know, and afterward I asked the nurse about it. She said, I said, what was that about? And she said he thought he was going to have to break his collarbone to get him out. If his head was that big, his shoulders must have been, you know, thankfully that wasn't necessary. Serenity though was roughly this color, blue, by the time they finally got oxygen on her and, and got her breathing, she was bigger than David. 10 pounds, five ounces, or yeah, 10 pounds, five ounces. It, it, with both of them, it was, it was a crisis, you know? And I had enough time after Serenity was delivered, and I'm watching the doctor juggling her, trying to get her to breathe. I got on the phone, and I'm standing there next to her, got on the phone, called my assistant pastor, Steve Cole up in Boston, his wife answered, And she thought, you know, he's calling to tell us the baby's here. And I said, and I didn't wanna say too much in front of her. I said, I'm I'm concerned I may be planning a funeral in a minute here, so please pray for us. And she said, oh, and I just hung up the phone, but it was that real, you know? And all of a sudden, the only thing that matters is, is they're alive. For the longest time, I was afraid Serenity would have brain damage. Clearly that's not the case. But but I was worried that she would, and because there was no light in her eyes at all, she was it's like she was completely unaware of her surroundings for the first two months or so. It, it was a, it was a very very intense time, you know. With with David, it was clear the water broke. She hops up on the bed. Look, my water broke. I'm like, get off the bed. That's a new mattress. And we head off to the hospital. True story. But with Serenity, it's like okay. I think I'm in labor. So we go to the hospital. No, it wasn't labor. I think I'm in labor. So we go to the hospital. No, it wasn't labor. And, um, so the last time I dropped her off because it was down it was Mercy Hospital down close to Coconut Grove. So I dropped her off. Her doctor was also at the hospital. His office was there. I dropped her off, you know, and she goes in and I took David for an ice cream down in Coconut Grove. And, um, we had just gotten an ice cream, and she calls me and said, well, it look, looks like it's real this time. I'm like, okay, I'll be right back. You know, we hurried back. and But, the, the, you know, the, once the contractions started, you realize it, it's, it's really happening. And with David, they, they had given her an epidural, but too early. So it wore off, you know. It was like she starts having these intensely painful contractions um, and she's feeling all of it and uh, and there'd be a break you know a a breather in between Um, but but then the closer she got to the actual birth the fewer the breathers you know the more frequent the pain the more intense the pain and that's kind of where we are on earth right now what we're going to see is yeah we'll have some breathers But the pains are going to come with more force, greater intensity, and more frequently. They'll get closer together. You know, my son David was not really joking, but kind of, you know, it's like, and it's hurricane season.
2: And an unusual one at that. Yeah, there's already
1: like three storms apparently um, (laughs) swirling around.
2: Luke 22 Verses fifteen, sixteen. He said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired, I love that double, to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And I, I kept looking at that. With eager desire, I have desired. Because it's the last time. Next time I do this, we'll be together in heaven. And, and I was like, how could he be so eager to desire something that he knew would lead, like that same night he would be betrayed, he would be mocked, he would be tortured, all that we know goes, how could he desire that? But, but there's this awareness that the only way Jesus could go through what he went through as his birth pains, in a sense, intensified, was that he, and we saw it in the Garden of Gethsemane, he detached, not my will but yours be done. That was the only way he could do anything he did on earth, and he did wrestle with it like we do. I I can do this, God, if it's possible for this cup to pass me by. And there's nothing wrong with asking that. Then take it. But if not, your will be done. And it's that detachment from our own will that we're sort of thinking is the secret to being in the yoke where there's rest, where his yoke is easy and light and where we learn these um, graceful rhythms of life, right, that he talks about. And so I think that What we can learn from Jesus for such a time as this is that he did not, he continually had to resist everybody else's agenda for him. Everybody had one. Everybody knew what he ought to be doing with the influence that he had, just like everybody knows what you ought to be doing. You're this person in this society. You need to take a stand for this or for that. And it's like it will intensify the pressures for you to be something to satisfy someone's expectation will intensify and the only solution is the one that jesus said t- not my will but yours be done i want to do what i came here to do and the way he said that in john 6 which is such an amazing chapter because he he gave them another miracle of bread and and soon after everybody walked away they wanted the miracle but not the man they didn't want what he stood for they just wanted to be satisfied and so, a lot of people began walking away from Jesus himself, and he said in, in John six thirty seven, all that the Father gives to me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me I should lose nothing, but you'd raise it up on the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And you see these repeated phrases throughout. I will raise him up. I will lose nothing. I will only do the will of the Father. And it's our mandate as well. We have such an influence in this time when everybody's looking to us. What are you going to do? What's the church going to do? Where are the pastors? And you're like, what is my role, God? What is my responsibility in in this time? And I love that what Jesus did in this passage that must have been so painful. He knew and loved every single one who walked away. But he focused on those who stayed.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Community Nights, a ministry of Main Thing Radio and Calvary Miami Beach. Pastor Robert and Elizabeth invite you to join them each Friday as they share from the scriptures those things that are important to the church, the church family, and the community outside your four walls. We're so glad you joined us. If you'd like to explore more of these messages or listen to Pastor Robert's verse-by-verse teachings through the Bible, Visit MainThingRadio.com now. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You'll find a link on our website. We'd love to hear from you too. Let us know how Main Thing Radio has impacted you or someone you know. And tell us what the Lord's been doing in your life. You can connect through the contact form at MainThingRadio.com, through Facebook or Twitter, or just give us a call at 305-531-2730. Be sure to share any prayer requests too. We want to know how we can pray for you. That number again is 305-531-2730. We're coming to the end of our time with you today. Join Pastor Robert and Elizabeth next time for another Friday edition of Main Thing Radio.